Welcome back, welcome back. We back, we back once again, man. It's been a while, man. No pressure, no diamonds. We here once again. What's going on, Thomas? Man, it has been a while, bro, and I missed you, and I didn't realize it until <laughs> I seen you. I was like, man, I missed this dude. Yo, um, yeah, man. No, life's been, uh, life's been, life's been good. Uh, just busy the last few, uh, last few weeks, man. We actually laid my, uh, my grandmother to rest mm. finally. Um, you know, COVID had set some things back, and. Then I lost a good friend of mine, uh, almost 30 years, man, just shy of 30 years. I met him in 92 and uh, was oh, one man, of my I didn't even know that, man. Time. Yeah. Condolences, man. No, yeah, I appreciate it. But, uh, you know, it, it, it got me thinking, you know, about health and mm. longevity and, uh, you know, how life is short and how we tend to take time for granted and, mm. uh, you know, procrastinate thinking, I don't like, I don't even know, man. And I'm so guilty of this daily, like just thinking, Oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it. Like, the, you know, like how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the word, but let's just say it's crazy to think that you are promised another second or another minute or another day or week or anything, yeah, you know, for that matter. Of the time, man. Yeah. You know, that, uh, that's, just how final that really is, you know, the, the physical person, right. Yep. You know, we have our memories we have, but the, the finality, man, you know, of, of seeing, you know, if, if you get a chance to see somebody, you know, late to rest or, um, you know, you know, I've, I know a lot of us have had fair share of, you know, funerals and stuff like that. And, you know, hopefully not as many recently and stuff like that, especially over the set of COVID over COVID times, man, but it's just been a, um that's crazy covid times um i know it's gonna be a thing dude it'll be <laughs> oh, like the man. history books um but just seeing like like man just how final that is man i've only i've only you know and i've only personally been to i don't know probably like three or four funerals um all very close individuals you know sure. with family members and stuff like that but just that feeling man like just that final that final yeah. like whoa like that's the first time i'm gonna hear them or have an interaction with this person you know physical interaction you know yeah you know which is which is just pretty interesting man but you know but hopefully man people you know they uh in their life man you know uh that's like that's a, one thing that's important to me now i, I don't really think about this you, you know as a I didn't think about this early on and a little earlier on in my life, you know, I'm still in the early phases of life, you know, God willing, God willing. Yeah. But, um, but thinking about just the, um, uh, the effect you leave on people, man, you know, like what's the effect you're going to leave on people that, you know, and you know, people on this, you know, on the earth, people that know you and people that don't, you know, and I think what they call it the dash, right. You know, what did you do in that little that dash? Oh, it's been a long time since I've heard that, man. But that you is know. that is powerful. That dash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so man, you know, stay healthy, people, man. Eat healthy, drink healthy. Um, you know what you put in your body matters. I am talking. I'm talking to myself right now as I say this. What we put in our body, man, is. Well, what you, big, what, man. Are you, what are you sipping on there, bro? Just no, some tea. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just some tea. 
You know what I'm saying? Just, know, just a little bit of tea here, yeah, you guys. Just uh, you know, wink, wink. You know what I mean? Nah, you can see, you can see the tea bag. You know Long, Long Island iced tea. <laughs> you, <laughs> you see it, man. Lip ten tea. You know what I'm saying? Lip ten. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, but yo, man. Uh, you know, we're back, man. It's, it's been a little while, but guess what, man? We're back in effect, back in action, man. Had a lot, you know, had a lot, had a lot of little situations happen over this. Over this, uh, was it almost been a month now since we've had like our last episode, man? I think is, longer, man. I was, I was trying to time it out. I think it's been like six weeks almost. But a lot has happened. You know, a lot has happened, man. Been busy. Um, I'm gonna talk about a little, you know, something I've been thinking of and going through my mind over this last, uh, maybe last three weeks, man. And I think it's indicative of uh, of some people's situations out there. I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, and man, I think you know, we can we can start with it. Being in a funk, right? Like be in a funk, not being funky. Because I'm funky sometimes. <laughs> you know? like, ask, ask about me. <laughs> ask about me. Ask about me. Uh, man, it was crazy. Maybe it's been just a couple of weeks, man. Um, and it's just, uh, and it's, and I'm gonna just be transparent. I just was in a, I was in a funk over the last like maybe three weeks. Um. And just came out of it, thank goodness, right? Because I wouldn't be talking about it if I was still in it, because that'd be that'd be depressing. Um, but just recently came out of it over the last like week or so. So three weeks before that, y'all you know, was just kind of in a in a funk, and certain things weren't happening as I was, you know, hoping they would happen, um, or as fast as I would like them to happen. In your time frame, they weren't in, happening in your in time my frame. time frame. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So, so, so my time frame, which is, which is, you know, me being, in, I'm a, and I think of myself as a pretty patient person. You know what I'm saying? Um, but what happened was I just regressed to complacency, right? So I, I just regressed to complacency and didn't really do too much of anything, which allowed fear to kind of creep in. Right, which allows fear. So doing so, lack of action allows fear to kind of creep into. Um, it leaves a lot of space for fear to creep in to, to start taking action again. Right. So this is like you know somebody that's went to the gym before, didn't go for a while, put on some weight, and now them going back to the gym is like pulling teeth. It's like it's it's like it's it's tough. You know, well, you know, dude, you before you go back to the gym after you get out of shape, you you got to get in shape before you walk back into the gym. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't go in there. You can't go in there looking sloppy, my guy. Yeah, what are the chances of that? <laughs> it's like, man, I got to get back and say before I get to the gym. Yeah, I say that as a joke because I, I've heard, dude, I've actually That's been funny. guilty of that. You know, I'm like, dang, I, you know, I got to go to the gym, but man, I want to lose a little bit of weight before I go. Like, no, that's where you go to do that. You know what I mean? But like, I, what is that, dude? What is that about human nature that tends mm -hmm. to avoid? It's lack of confidence, you know, and, you know, people aren't born with confidence. Confidence is an acquired, it's, it's acquired, right? So confidence is acquired through action generally right so no i'm not, not even generally it, it just is confidence is acquired through action but before you take you know before you take action you have to you know and this is people that you know like uh i'll let, i'll talk about it and this is the reason why i have this book in front of me and the reason why i have a lot of these books over here today you know we're going to talk about a couple of them i just put a lot of these books in here 
um, that I've actually physically read. I've listened to a lot of books. I mean, I think we've all listened to a lot of books. Yep. Um, but these are the this is a stack of books I physically sat down and read. Um, and the thought of fear came up. So when the thought of fear came up and I had to get myself out of this funk, because I think it's sometimes it's tough for somebody else to get you out of a funk. You really have to hone in like so other folks can talk, can talk a good game to you. And it might help for a couple of minutes. It might even help for maybe an hour. It might help for just a few. But in order for you to really take yourself out of a fearful state, you have to get yourself out of it and keep yourself out of it. Um, so one of the things I was thinking was, uh, or so when I was reading this book and I, and I had to go back to a, to a chapter and I was like, man, what was a chapter called? Um, and it was actually called build confidence and destroy fear, mm. which is fitting for the situation, fitting for the situation. Um, and they say it's, you know, <laughs> well, they say fear is just just in your imagination. It's it's really not. You know, people say you're sick. It's just in your imagination. Well, if somebody has cancer, well, it's really not just in their imagination. You know what I'm saying? Um, so fear is a, is a real thing. It is real because mm-hmm. you know otherwise everybody would be doing everything they ever dreamed of doing. You know, everybody would be doing it. You know, but the thing is, people are, are so fearful. You know what I'm saying? And people are stuck in that. Um, are kind of stuck, you know, and they haven't really figured out why am I, what, like, what's the, like, why am I not, um, like, why am I afraid? Like, what, like, like, why am I, like, why am I fearful? How come? And I figured out is because I wasn't taking action and I stopped taking action. And because I stopped taking action, a lot of fear to creep in. So I was like, well, shoot, what if I don't, all right. So if I do take action, oh man, oh, they'll probably say this, or this will probably happen. Or this, all right, well, this will happen just like it did the last time. You know, just like the last time I did this, this will happen. So I had to really assess and be like, okay, why are you so focused on the result when all you need to do is just take action? You've gotten results before, a lot of results before. All you need to do is just focus on action, just focus on taking action and 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 consistently taking action, you know, uh, because you've already proven, you've already proven the results. If somebody else has done it, it can be done. If somebody else hasn't, you know, if somebody else has done it, it can be done or it can be done. Right. So all you have to do is just continue to take action and assess. And assess. Um, but, but I'll kind of digress, man. And, you know, and, and I'll, and I'll, um, you know, uh, give you some space here to kind of, kind of elaborate on that, man. And, um, you know, kind of, I don't know if you ever felt that way about anything before, because man, that was me those last these last three weeks, man. It's, it's been been pretty crazy for me. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a part that I wanted to go back to um, when you mentioned um, confidence. When you when you mentioned um, you know most people aren't born with or people are not born with confidence. It's it's developed. Um, I don't I don't know if I agree with that, and mm, I'll, okay. and I'll tell you why, man. Um, uh, as a parent, um, my kids have all the confidence and have um, from the time they were very, very young. Uh, And I think, I think adults tend, and I'm guilty of this strip confidence from our children, right? Because if you've ever talked to a child about like, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? It's multiple things. And there are things that as an adult, you're like, man, that's going to be challenging or, 
you should probably have a plan B or that's going to be very difficult or I don't know that you're capable of doing that, right? But like if you talk to a kid, they're confident that they can be Superman, an astronaut, a ninja, a samurai, Mm -hmm. right? A princess, the queen of the world, the president, like they're confident that they can do all of these things. There's no limitations in their mind. And I think confidence comes from um, eliminating uh, limitations. And most limitations are put on people by adults when they're children, right? So like, I've again, I've done this, I'm guilty of it. And so but it does need to be developed. It can continue to be developed. It can be developed um, through words of affirmation, through support, through belief, through creating opportunities, which is as a parent, I want to create those opportunities. Mm. Like my, my kid wants to play baseball one, one season and then he wants to play soccer the next. I don't say no. Hey, if you're serious about playing baseball, this is all you're going to do. I'm like, hey, try it. Right. Like life is a buffet. And as a parent, you want to give opportunities so that your children can come up to, with their own conclusions versus being told, no, you can't, or that's probably not likely or whatever the case may be. So I believe that you do have confidence. I believe that it's slowly stripped, usually through no's or lack of belief that you inherit from somebody else, like an outside um influence usually parents or adults that are around you or it could even be an an older sibling because i see my older one kind of tell the younger one like no you probably can't do that i'm like no 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 dude like let them fall let them figure it out you know and so it's been a learning curve for me but i think confidence we do have but we do have to practice allowing people to grow in that and giving them opportunities and stuff like that and then as far as the fear Bro, I feel you, man. Like there, there are a lot of things that I'm, that I am or have been fearful of. And, um, it is a real thing, right? Like, like you mentioned, like fear is real, but I think where, and I've, I don't remember where I heard it, but I've heard people say like, it's all, you know, that all in your mind concept, that idea when you're like, no, it's real. Like it, it is, it's paralyzing. You know what I mean? It causes hesitation and stuff like that. But I think where the idea of it's all in your mind comes from is most people, again, myself included, the things that we fear 99% of the time never happen. It's this projection into the future of what could possibly happen that we have and, and that's what stops us versus, like you mentioned, if I were to just take action, the reason why, in my opinion, you taking action combats fear is because you're proven to yourself that that negative thing that you thought or the thing that you were afraid of never happened, mm-hmm. right? Like it won't happen because you're moving forward. You're charging forward. You're getting better. It's one foot in front of the other. So I think both are true. Like, yes, it is fear. Like the the fear of public speaking is a very real thing for most people. The fear of heights, I think, is like the number one fear that most people have. That's a very real thing. But the reason why people are afraid of heights is because they think that the roller coaster is going to fall off the track or something like that, or the parachute's not going to open where 99, probably 0.9% of the time, that's not going to happen. Like everything's going to be okay. And so I, I think there's truth to both. Um, and it's a great reminder, me saying that to myself, because like you, there are things that I've been fearful of rejection or 
objections, you know, in our mm. business or, you know, that type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't mean to play both sides and not give a clear cut answer, but I, um, hopefully there was some stuff there that made sense. So what about folks, man, that hope, right? You know, there's a lot of hopers out there, right? That, you know, like, man, I'm going through this situation, but you know, well, I hope things turn out, you know, I'm hopeful sure. that things will turn out better. Um, you know, I hope for the best, but when you just operating based on hope, then you leave yourself a lot of room to get, you know, to get kind of smacked back down, you yeah. know, and well, hope, hope is not a strategy, bro. Like, I yeah. think it's important. I think it's important to have hope or belief or even a goal, right? Like, a, like a, you know, I, I have mentors that are like, hey, you need to have goals. And they're important, right? To like at least get you moving. But it's not a strategy, right? Like, I, I watched this interview with Jim Carrey, I think. And, uh, he was talking about like he was being interviewed and asked about like the law of attraction or manifestation or whatever. And um, there's a story where he wrote himself a $20 million check and kept it in his wallet for years. Right. And uh, I think it was Oprah that was interviewing him and she asked him to elaborate on that. And he was like, well, yeah, it's a real thing. And, you know, I'd open up my wallet and I'd see that check for $20 million and I didn't know how I would get it. He was like, but I didn't just write the check and then go make myself a sandwich. He said, I'd like, I got to work. Right. So, mm. so hope or a goal or whatever you want to look at, like, I think they're important, but they're not a strategy. The strategy is in the system, mm. right? So you could have goals, but you also have a, you need a system to acquire those goals. Like, you know, cause just having goals or a wish or whatever the case may be, hope that it'll happen that's just not the way it works right it, it it works when we work it's like buying a lottery ticket <laughs> oh bro isn't it crazy like uh, i probably have some family that have this idea too which is probably bad on my part but um or shame on me but dude like people have this hope or this belief that they're gonna win the lottery i'm like you know what you should do is like cover yourself in meat jump in the middle of the ocean, hold a key while there's a lightning storm because you have a better chance of being struck by lightning twice and surviving a shark attack than you do winning the lottery, right? <laughs> like in your lifetime. <laughs> Bro, I'm just saying, you know, but 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 people, dude, I don't know. Like, again, that's not a strategy. Like, unless you are doing something to actually build yourself you know, and you have this system in place, whether it's a saving system or earning additional income and like, you know what I mean? Like winning the lottery should not be a strategy. Mm. Yeah. You know what it makes me think of when you say that is when it comes to hope is we must, you know, we must put actions in place to support our hopes. 100%. We have to put action in place to support the hopes that we have, because otherwise it's really just a thought, you know, it's, it's, it's a passing thought in the, you know, it's a fart in the wind of a, you know, of an idea. Yeah. Like it'd be great, but just being hopeful is not enough, man. You know, you know, 
use some action and take yourself way for you, way way further, man. That that was that was huge, man. I just was thinking about was thinking about that, man. So to help me kind of get to kind of figure out, you know, what what my funk was, I had to go back to a book that. You know, like, all right, I need to think a little bit bigger. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I used to, I read a book called The Magic of Thinking Big before we get, every time we, we take a class, like every few months. And this is the, this is a book on the list every single time. Yep. You know what I'm saying? I can't say how many times I've bought the, well, not how many times I bought the book. I've had this book for a while, but I haven't read it. <laughs> you know, I've looked at, oh man, nice title, looks good. And just kind of, you know, it's kind of gained some, you know, started listening to it and stuff like that and didn't finish. But, um, you know, I really needed to take some introspection, man. I don't even know if that's a word. Um, look at myself. Sounds good. It does. Yeah. You, know, you know, even if it's made up, like, you know, preachers be making words up. Uh, <laughs> preachers be making words up. So <laughs> introspection um, of myself. And I was just like, you know what? This is a me thing. Nobody else can get me out this funk. No matter how, that's right. you know, Outside temperature is not going to change your internal, you know, is not going to change your internal fire because it, it'll go away in an instant. You know, it'll it'll go away. You know, or outside motivations, you have to have some internal. You know, you have to be able to. Was it the thermostat of yourself? You have to be able to crank that thermostat of yourself. Yeah. And I think the only way you can kind of crank that thermostat of yourself is by taking some action, mm-hmm. and take some action. You know, some results happen, which creates more belief. You know, and then more belief, take more action, <laughs> you know, you know, it's kind of a cycle there. So motivation is a motivation is fleeting, right? Like it, it, it'll it'll heat the surface, but it, it's not going to boil the water. Uh, yeah, I think there's mm. I, that's the, the biggest difference between being motivated and being um, inspired. Mm-hmm. Right. So you mentioned like going in inside internal, right? Like. You think about inspired, the, the, that, the, the root of that word is in spirit. Mm-hmm. So you got to get it into your soul that, you, you know what I mean? You're going to work towards whatever it is that you want to work towards mm-hmm. and, and, and attack that. Because motivation, again, it's temporary, man. It's fleeting. It'll, it'll be there one moment and then gone the next. Yo, that's interesting, man. Because, you know, I was thinking, I was, I like nice stuff, right? So. I used to think nice stuff was motivating to me is, is, uh, is having nice stuff. And I believe I'm nothing wrong with having nice stuff. I like looking good. Right. I like nice shoes. I like, I like to feel good. I like to have good feeling clothes on me. You know, I like to drive something nice. You know, I like to live in a nice place and a a comfort. I like living a life of, of comfort, Mm -hmm. but I realized what motivated me more than having nice stuff was the being on the brink of not having something like the fear of not having it rather than going and getting it. Like it was like, a, or losing it or getting it and then losing it or um, like moving to the name to, to where we live at or whatever the case is, or being the brink of having to move back to where we came from. Like the fear of like, okay, look, if I don't do this and this and this, we're going to, we're going to not be able to do this. Like we're going to, like the fear of not being able to do something or, you know, I want like right now, like I bought a motorcycle. Right. So I got to basically double all my insurance coverages on myself. But, um, <laughs> wait, you bought the bike or the helmet? Oh, just the helmet. Cause I'm, I'm looking at the bike. I'm, I'm picking a bike out. I took the class too. 
So I took a so next segment too. Marcus Morris type of classes. I he bought uh, chaps too, just so you guys know. He bought <laughs> <laughs> with no, with no, with, with no seed in them. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. With no seed in them. The Prince version. Prince. <laughs> Prince. Uh, what's it? Uh, man, never mind. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I bought the helmet. I'm like, I got a double. But, but yeah, man. Like, so what? What, what was I saying? It was. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the fe- yeah, the fear of not having something. Yeah. I was like, dude, if I do all this work and I'm in fear of not having it, or like I've been, you know, it's a double edged sword. Right, because it, it could be a double-edged sword, but it's like what kind of got me going. I was like, well, shoot, I'm going to need more space to put this thing at, so I got to do this and this so I can have more space. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, gotta, you know, I want this, or, or you know, we want these things. We want to be able to go here, so guess what? We have to have business, in this, or else we can't go. And if we can't go, then it's time to feel if we can't go. So so, so this is why I need, instead of just the dream of being able to go and how I feel when we get there, that's cool to me. This is just a me thing, and I don't know if other people feel like that way. But to me, it's the fear of not going rather than the fear there rather than the enjoyment and of actually going to like a, say a great a great a great vacation or something like that or taking going on a great honeymoon, which we're going to be taking by the way. Um, but it's the fear of not going. It's the fear of like, man, we get all the way to that date and we don't have it. You know what I'm saying? And rather than the fear of oh, we get to that date, we finally get to go. I think it's a it's just how my mind I had to figure that out for myself. Yeah. And that inspires me. I'm like, well, shoot. Like, man, or, you know, just, just, any, just anything. But I think what happened was I had some, uh, I don't know. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little more about that. But it was just, it was just interesting to me that, you know, I had to flip my, my frame of thinking. So they talk about, oh, this beautiful life and what it'll look like when you have this. Like, man, what if I get there and I can't have all this stuff? You know? And I'm like, well, shoot, I want to. And then when I get it, it'll be a relief. Like, oh, cool. What's the next thing? You know, like, cause I get, you know, I notice I get bored really quick too. You know, but when you get bored of them shoes, man, slide them this way. <laughs> man, that was another thing too, man. Hey, shoot, I could have been here. I could have been here just in socks, man. I was like, man, I got to get up and get ready to go, to go in and do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. man, let me get ready. You know, shoot, cause I got to have just some shorts on or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Or those chaps. <laughs> thank you, thank you for uh, dressing completely, fully. But yeah, man, I almost you almost have to trick yourself. Yeah, whatever works, man. I mean, it, no. there's a. Uh, I'm I relate to what you just said because um, goals and stuff don't always motivate me. Um, sometimes I take inventory of the things that I hate because I'm not where. I want to be just yet. You know what I mean? And uh, I like nice things too. I hate more maybe sometimes checking the cost of some things or whatever. Like, mm. I, like I hate that, bro. I mm. hate it. I like, I just, you know, when you take inventory of the things that you hate, they could be, they could absolutely be motivating too. Um, and it's interesting because I think Malcolm X, Malcolm X, excuse me, um, is the one who said it, right? Or it was either Malcolm X or Martin Luther King, one of those great men that said, um, "That which you do not hate, you will tolerate." Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Right? Um, mm. And and it, it stand it that's stood out to me, right? Because if you don't hate your circumstance, you're not really going to do anything to change it. It's uh, 
I guess that would be what comfort zone, your comfort, your complacency, Ooh, you know, yeah, that type of yeah. stuff. So, uh, ouch. I think, you know, yeah, I think hate could be uh, powerful when it's used in the right way, when it's used for self development and, you know, uh, moving yourself forward. I think that's powerful. Um, I actually don't like that word hate, um, because it's usually like people say like, Oh, I hate other people. And I just don't, man, I'm a, I'm a person lover. Um, but yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> but I think when you internalize it and, and it comes down to circumstance, I, I think it could really create change if you're in the right state of mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that you found that out, bro, for yourself. Cause that's powerful, man. And it may switch. It may switch in three weeks. Right. And then, and then you may, may be goal motivated or driven or whatever. You, who knows? It's like, we hated having hair. <laughs> So guess what? I you know hated what buying shampoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nah, but that was yeah. So for whatever it is for for anybody out there, man. So whatever it's for you, um, you have to figure that out though. You know, because yeah. otherwise, you'll keep. You might hit plateaus. You might you know you'll find yourself plateauing and maybe not know why, or um, in a rut and may not know why and. You really have to diagnose that fear. Remember that music? That's crazy. <laughs> That's funny. Was oh, that color me bad? Yeah, yeah man. I know this one. Dang, I man! Look how these dressed. Dog, they was out there swerving. Nah, but um, <laughs> that's funny. Um, but yeah, man. Like it's just you. You have to diagnose it. Yeah. You have to diagnose it so you know and know what got what got you to get to that point. So that you know when it maybe if it comes up again, you can before you get before you slip too deep into that crevice, you know, squash you, that squash, squash those thoughts, and you can put maybe hopefully people around you that can help bring you out of that. Um, you, you know, man, your environment has a whole lot to do with that too. So I was just you know, gonna say, you know, your environment. Sometimes if you're just around you, it could be it get really easy to kind of slip into some thoughts like that. You have to really be kind of crazy, you know. You could change your 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 mental environment by reading kind of books like this and um, listening to certain things and stuff like that that can start you. But I think also you want to physically start getting around some people with masks if you need them, right? I mean, now I don't think we need no masks no more. Um, but now, but you got to start getting physically around some folks, man. Um, or like at least just get out, up. man. Get your blood moving. Get some sunshine. Yeah. Listen to a some water running or you know what I mean? A mm. creek or something like whatever it is that works. But yeah, you hit the nail on the head, dude. Sometimes we, we get the, the funk starts by just being in a stagnant ass environment. And that's a uh, swamp. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, it just breeds nothing, yeah. you know, like just nothing worthwhile. So swamps stink rivers don't. You know, one hundred percent, man. You know, the Ooh. Dead Sea doesn't move, and nothing can mm. grow in it. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. Um, you need to move. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you need to change your environment. You need to think about what you think about as well, right? Like I had heard somebody uh, uh, in our in our company once. She was uh, training. You may have been there at the uh, at one of the old offices upstairs in Valencia, and uh, uh, she said. Um, what one of the most powerful things that she learned how to do was tell herself, shut up. Mm. And she like, she was like, shut up. 
right? And what she was talking about was when those negative thoughts, that mm. fear or whatever starts to creep in or that doubt or the insecurities and those types of things, she would just tell herself, shut up, right? Like how incredible is it that we literally have the power to change our thought process by monitoring what we're thinking, mm. right? And I don't think people take advantage of it. They just like fall down this rabbit hole of, pity or whatever the case may be dude and you just need to tell yourself shut up and then do something about it mm. man shut your mouth dog. shut your thoughts man shut shut all that up yeah not, not all thoughts serve us most don't <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know man i wonder if there's a way somebody's counted thoughts of somebody yeah i wonder if there's a way that somebody could <laughs> they could count you know when a, a thought is firing in somebody's brain I'm sure there is, dude. That'd be interesting, man. That'd be interesting, man. Like, oh man, I got I took this quote from Kobe, man. He said, "Rest at the end, not in the middle. Rest at the end, Mamba mentality until the job gets done. You know what I'm saying? Until the job gets done, man. I think we and this can be with you may have certain goals or certain things we put out for ourselves, and what happens is. You reach a level to where you're comfortable now, and then now you feel good, and then you stop doing what got you to that point, and you may plateau or you slide back down the scale. Isn't that why it's so hard, man, in sports for teams to repeat? Mm. Mm. Right? Because, bro, because they've got, they they accomplished what they wanted to accomplish. So speaking of Kobe, I read a story, and it's probably not 100% accurate, so don't quote me. Go do your own research and figure it out. But I heard that after he got that first ring, all he wanted to do was be champion, right? Like, that was his his major focus. Um, But after he got that first ring, the ring ceremony, I heard he opened it up, looked at it, put it away. And then left it in a safe. He never wore it. And people asked him, like, why didn't he wear it? He's like, because it wasn't about that one. It was about the next one. Mm-hmm. Like, he wanted to go out and get the next one. He understood himself so much that he didn't even really want to celebrate. He celebrated after the win. Yeah, bro. Right? So he didn't want to wear it. He didn't walk around f- flossing or doing any of that. It was like, okay, that's one. On to the next one. He put it in a safe and never looked at it again. So he got the next one. Right? And the, he did that three times in a row. Mm. He three-peated, dude. You know what I mean? So hard to do, bro. To keep that fire burning after you accomplish, like you just mentioned, not once, not twice, but three times. Like that, That I mean, that takes a very disciplined, hungry, ambitious mentality. And it's it's not easy to do, man. That is... You know, there's a huge separator from from champions to to what what he was, what Jordan was, what you know what I mean? Like to being to wanting to be the best. Yeah. So a championship, whether it's in sports or in life or, you know, anything really right. Sports, you know, it's from something bigger than the championship itself. That's. That's what being the the best in your own in your own opinion, you know, in your in your your own in your own opinion or your own life is, you know, all these other things come 
come because of that. Because he's focused on being the best and being the best that he could possibly be and bringing people along with that, you know, or holding a high standard. So if you're on our team, we don't celebrate Western Conference, Western Conference champions. What? Yeah. Well, job, we gotta, job's we gotta, not done. <laughs> job's not done. Like, what are we doing here? We got y'all over here celebrating that crap. Nah, nah, we win championships here. We mm-hmm. only we don't put up conference final conference unless final? unless you're uh, a Clipper. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a Clippers banner. You know what I'm saying? But that like we don't do that, and it's from holding a high set of standards. Right. It's like get in there and then holding that standard. Get in there holding that standard. And then what happens is you start attracting just dogs around you. You know what I'm saying? You start attracting, you know, people around and and people that have certain skills you might not have, but there are there are a certain dog in their own right, you know, and in, in their own in their own in, in their own in their own abilities. But man. Yeah, I think it becomes infectious. Yeah. It does. And what it does to it bring it breeds it it just breeds that mentality man it breeds that mentality and everybody around you you will filter out without even having to tell people or without even having to um without even having to let other folks know to kind of get out of your way or get out of your life or whatever they'll just start filtering themselves out because they they're not they don't they may not think they can reach that standard so what happens is they kind of fade away doesn't mean they're not doesn't mean they're not a good person doesn't mean that they're you know they don't they're not important they just don't they just the environment was too hot it was too hot man some people got they got some people you got <laughs> what Tommy said you got to you got to keep you got to keep those got to keep those ribs in the in the cooker on the, it's on not, the cooker. On the cook, they're not done shut up ribs get back in there <laughs> get back in there uh man shout Tommy out P. shout out shout out to Tommy P man TP3 man shout out to you man the entrepreneur you know what I'm saying? But people will fade out, you know, and people are meant to be in phases, man. Some folks are meant to be your friends or around you for a certain amount of time. And, you know, you catch and release. Yeah. Well, let's go, let's go deep on that, man, because I think in personal development in that space, there's even a part of us that needs to fade out. Mm. 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 Yo. But there's there's parts of ourselves that we got to catch and release that self awareness, right? We got we got to catch the bad stuff and release that. And <laughs> you you know what I'm saying? Like we got to heat up our own environment, bro, and yeah. stuff. And that's the biggest challenge with entrepreneurship. That's the biggest challenge is that self awareness, becoming what you need to become, letting go of the stuff that doesn't serve you, right? Like and. And, and changing your environment, changing your state. And I think the number one environment to change is uh, sitting on top of our shoulders. Um, mm. But it's the one thing that people hold on to the most. Yo. Myself included, man. I've been guilty of it. Check this out, dog. Check this out. Another Kobe thing. Man, all the love, man. One of the greatest. Another Kobe thing. When Kobe retired from basketball... He was done with basketball. Basketball was the most important thing in his life up until he retired, right? Mm-hmm. So right after he retired, he went right into business. And he was focused on whether it's business and storytelling. You know, yeah. He became in, just in so involved and so crazy involved with that. I remember he, uh, 
uh, I'll see if I can put up a pull up a video of that. But somebody asked him like, "Man, do you miss basketball?" Do you miss? he's like, "I'm done with basketball." Like, what? You know, like it'll always be a part of my life, but I have no, I have literally no, like, like I don't want to play anymore. I'm so focused on what I'm doing now that you know it t- takes it takes most of my energy. Mm-hmm. So what happens is. You, some people they try and be the best in all these different things you try to be best in a lot of different things when you know what you need to be doing is focus mm-hmm. on what you're doing and be the best at what you're doing right now be the best get you know whatever that is be the best at that and you know it's funny because i was like you know i go to the gym and started working out you know trying to trying to get this uh this little this little bit of a whatever yeah you, know look, what you gotta look together, good in them you know chaps gotta look good <laughs> and you know we're who was it uh you know i play basketball and stuff like you know, really just to stay in shape and i do like some workouts with some folks and i'm like you know just some workouts just stay in shape i'm not trying to go to the nba i'm not trying to play college basketball i'm not trying to do any of that stuff because i know the mental the mental focus you have to have to mm-hmm. be to be great at that mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying and I'm, you know, and I was realizing, like, you know, what? I'm doing this to get into shape for my own self. I'm not doing it to go to the NBA. I'm not doing it. There's a, there's a phase in my life where I thought that or that was a possibility for me to do that. Mm-hmm. That phase is over. I had to cut that off at that point. That's not I can't have any focus there. I can't be splitting the baby here, you know, and um, and it doesn't mean you can't have a be a good father if you're good at business. It can't mean you can't be a good husband, husband or wife if you're. No focus in you know business or being good at you know it, it doesn't mean certain areas of your life have to totally fall by the wayside because you're focused at being successful in this one area, but you but a lot of the extra activities that you're doing or hobbies that don't serve you really or things that don't drive your number one source you gotta you gotta let those things go man like you know. Can't be the jack of all trades, master and none. Man, you, you gotta focus. Mm-hmm. Gotta focus. And I noticed that about myself. I was like, I'm trying to get too good at too many different things. Let me get good at this. You know what I'm saying? And be great at this. If if this is what I'm choosing to do with my life, right? You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, I got folks out here, you know, playing, you know, weekend warrior all stars, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, this thing ain't. I'm not going to the league, and this is free. We paying to play to pay to, to play this. This is not like come on, man. Like, right. <laughs> like come on, dog. So it, 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 it was just kind of interesting, and I noticed that when I was work, when I was doing the workouts, I was like, "Well, I'm not going to the freaking league. Like, why am I getting mad if I miss a shot? I'm not going to the NBA. It's okay." But uh, but it, it's just funny. Man. I think it's the competitiveness in me too. No, one hundred percent, bro. I don't I don't like to lose. <laughs> At all, you know what I'm saying? But am I spending my every day working out, uh, shooting a thousand shots a day, playing basketball? No. I need to be shooting my thousand shots, reaching out to new contacts and new businesses and stuff like that. So there can, it is. So I can play, so I can play for the rest of my life. You know what I'm saying? So I can, you know, so my family can play. And so, you know, I can affect the, affect the world. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's why Kobe's business acumen in just a couple of years after he was retired was just insane. Yeah. It was cr- it, it, it was insane because he was super focused on and he was 
ask questions. You know, he asks, he asks, you know, he's so curious. He's a very curious person. Um, well, he was a learner, dude. Yeah. He was willing to learn and to hone his craft and mm. all of that stuff and work and work on it. Right. So, yeah, um, I hear crazy, you, man. You got to focus on one thing. And I think that's one of the, um, you know, I've seen a lot of memes or whatever they're called on, uh, on Instagram where it says like the average millionaire has seven streams of income. And, uh, I don't know, that may be true, but what is even more true is chances are they got good at one and then branched out. They weren't mm -hmm. focused on seven different areas like you mentioned. It was one thing that they got Take really out on that. freaking good at, and then they started adding additional pieces. Yep. Right? Like, you, 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 can't, you can't go to college and, and master, you know, seven different subjects. Like, that's just not... Like, that's not how anything works. I don't understand why in the business space people think like, oh, I'm going to be a real estate uh, agent, investor, broker. I'm going to day trade. I'm going to have a multi-level marketing business. I'm going to, uh, you know, start a mobile detailing. I'm going to do all that. Like, foo. Everything's going to be mediocre. At it'll best. be at best it'll be mediocre and hopefully <laughs> you know at best everything's gonna be mediocre and if you try and spin all these freaking plates bro you're spinning all these plates one's wobbling up oh, nothing's doing it so you're trying to pick that up when not you know there's no way there's no way you know and it's so it is so funny well, you and you'll get blown out of the water by the one person like that is focused like it, there's other people that are doing the same thing you're doing right but that's all they're doing you're doing that and six other things and then there's a person out there that's 1000% focused on that one thing they're going to blow you out of the water they're going to take you lunch you know what mm -hmm. i mean um and then you got to drop that and figure something back back or something else back out you know what i mean so i don't know yeah, there's no way you can take <laughs> five self-employed businesses and try and do five of them all by yourself. there's no way there's only one you of know, you there's only one of you and the only way you can even get through the cash flow quadrant here oh wow what a what a nice little segue into this little book here that made me how convenient alex how convenient that you just there, had right? that there how convenient. Really great book. All right, man, we're not getting paid for none of this stuff. Maybe one of these, hey, you want to do a little sponsorship, man. We appreciate you doing it. Shout out Robert Kiyosaki. You know, shout out Robert Kiyosaki, man. Maybe you want to hop on one of the podcasts. We ask you some questions or something, man. We'd love to do that. Rich dad, poor dad. But, you know, Castle Quadrant, man, most people, you know, the, the most people, most people start as employees just because 95% of the people out there are employees, right? Mm -hmm. And you can go to self-employed because they're like, man, I want to work for somebody else. But then they're self-employed, like I control my own hours. You have to boss yourself around, right? And then people they pick up all these different self-employed business. You know, if they choose to do more than one, they pick up all these self-employed things, and none of those self, none of those things will, like you said, you'll get blown out the water by the, by the person that all they focus on is their mobile detailing business and growing their mobile detailing business. So they'll go from their mobile detailing business will become an actual business mm -hmm. because they're focused on that. Somebody has four different self-employed things. They'll one none of them will become a business. You know, you'll always just be running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Well, you, you own know? a job in you that, know? in that, yeah. in that bracket, right? Like m m most, most self-employed um, 
business owners and don't get me wrong, man, I'm not knocking it. Um, but you know, you, you, you own a job. First phase of freedom. That's the first phase of freedom. Yeah. I mean, you're moving in the right direction, but you own a job. Meaning if you don't show up, if you can't take a day off and still have income generated, that business owns you. Meaning you have to constantly show up, right? So you uh, essentially, you just own a job, right? Like maybe you're your own boss, but you're also your own source of income. And that's not a business. Mm. A business owner can take a day or two or three or a week or a month off and still have income generated. Why? Because there's a system. Maybe there's a team of people that are working that system or whatever the case may be, but that is business ownership, not you having a pool cleaning service and you're the only person doing it, right? Like you're self-employed. Yeah. And if you only, and, and for all my, for all our self-employed people, you have like three, four guys working for you or something like that. You're still self-employed by the way. Because too much is banking on one person. You're better than a single self-employed person. Sure. We talk about a business owner the, we're talking about the B in here. We're talking about a bigger business owner. This is somebody that has a 30, 40, 50, not even that, more than that, 100 plus people. So no, if they take off, if they leave, you know, their income should continue to go up because their business is continuing to grow no matter what. Maybe when they're there, it's growing at a much faster pace. But they can leave and their business and come back and they make more income. Mm-hmm. We hear stories of this all the time. Yeah. We know people that have left for multiple years from their businesses, you know, to go do other things. And their business has increased, sometimes doubled or tripled or quadrupled because they they put in systems in place to do that. Yeah. You know, and then eventually, guess what? Then you become an investor and then you can have multiple other streams of income. Mm-hmm. Right? Then you can start tapping into other things you have interest in and stuff like that. But most people that are millionaires, and, and when I say millionaires, I mean generating a million dollars in cash flow, by the way, not just on paper millionaires, generating cash flow like that, then, you know. Dude, I read something. Um, actually, no, I didn't read something. Uh, a, a friend of mine kind of went through some numbers, bro, for McDonald's, right? Mm. So, you know, McDonald's, an, an average location generates anywhere from like, 1.2 to like 2.3 million if i if i'm remembering correctly like mm-hmm. annually but after operating costs after payroll right after product after franchise fees after all of that stuff the average owner of a mcdonald's location brings in anywhere from 150 to 250,000 dollars a year so they have a million dollar business, right? They're generating seven figures, but what they're actually pocketing is in the low sixes. Mm. Is that crazy? Think about all the liability there with that too. Where you got, if your coffee's too hot, you're about to get sued if somebody spills it on them. You, you know what I mean? Oh, and man. Like that. Like, it's Yo. just, it's just interesting. So yeah. Cost of uh, new business, when, man. Traditional business. Yeah. When we're talking, when we're talking millionaires in our industry particularly our organization we're talking about seven figure generated cash flow like net like in your pocket not yeah not we don't pay employees right we don't you know we don't we don't have any of those costs of traditional business and i i freaking love that there's no little to no overhead um 
in, well, in, also in, too, in our organization. I think the I think the the framework of a traditional business is changing, man. It's you know, um, or not. I'm gonna say it's 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 um it's expanding because there's so many new ways to generate income without having to have large expenses, mm-hmm. right? Like a restaurant, like you break it down, you know, the restaurant is an, you know, you're in, if you're in a restaurant and you're in a location, that location is insanely expensive. It's, it, it, you know, when it, for you to generate a net $1, you've had to spend $10 yep. to net $1. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I got to give you $10. You're going to give me back 11. So I net $1. And then I pay taxes on that $1. Yeah. That's why restaurants are a nickel and dime business. And I know because I spent 15 years working in one and a few of those years managing one. And uh, yeah, man, it is a nickel and dime business. Like if you're not catching, if you're not counting everything, you're you're losing. Like it's so crazy, man. It's a tough industry. Cost to acquire customers. You know, and most people really don't think about this when they go into having a business, man. What does it cost you to get a customer? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you even equate that? Like, how much money are you spending to get somebody to walk into your door? For t- not even, to walk into your door and buy, not even just to walk into your door, to walk into your door and to buy something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is the cost to acquire customers? What's the cost to do? You know, that's well, I mean, if you scale it yeah. all the way down, well, first you got to have a place for them to walk into. The lights got to be on. You got to have all the product. You got to have, you know what I mean? You got to have a staff to welcome and greet and take the order and execute the order and all of this stuff. Like it, it's bananas, dude. When, when you, when you think about traditional business, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, I think that's probably why most people stay self-employed. Cause they're like, man, in the traditional sense of business, like, I don't know if I'm in a position to scale it and mm-hmm. can afford to scale it and, and things like that. Scaling so, it. Oh man. I got to pay somebody now. Yeah. And you got to have workman's comp and you got to have, you know, the liabilities and you got to have all of this stuff. And California is now is about to make it mandatory where you got to provide a retirement plan for uh, any, any business that has five employees or more. And if not, mm-hmm. then the state's going to come in and impose their own plan. And so like, there's so many things when it comes to that, the idea of traditional business. So uh, yeah, cost is one man. The overhead on all of that is just, it's crazy. It's man. crazy. So it's putting yourself and that's why, you know, now more than ever, people are, you know, all right, what's the, what can I get in with probably the, um, I don't know. So some people might be thinking this. What what kind of business can I get in with the least amount of barrier of entry, right? With the most upside potential, right? So you see all these people, they have YouTube channels, <laughs> right? They're doing podcasts, they're doing all these, which is still a self-employed thing, right? Um, but you know, until you get it to a point where it's not, but it's you see all you know online you know online business the, the, the Amazon stuff you're you know what I'm saying like yeah e-commerce and drop shipping and all that and I think they're all great by the way too but there's a lot of cost in it my I yeah. have I have a cousin who's looking at starting something very similar to that and she's spent now a few thousand dollars on a mentor to teach her how to build the website and do all of this stuff. Right. So we're talking already a few thousand dollars and it's still not off the ground running yet. 
right? It, it, then there comes the purchasing of product and having that product to market, right? Because you can't just market and not have stuff. Like you need to have stuff. You got to have inventory and those types of things. So I think it could potentially be great. And yeah, people are making a killing, but they're literally putting in thousands of dollars. And here's the thing. You should have to pay something, right? If, yeah. if, you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I want to start a business, but I ain't got no money to start, like... You, you better figure something out, right? Because <laughs> yeah. like there's a cost, man, yeah. uh, whether it's in a license or a certificate or the education aspect or the development of like, I mean, how much money you got just sitting on this table right now for, for what we're doing, you know, with man. books and seminars and all the equipment to run this podcast and all like there's cost involved. But to answer your question, what type of business? I don't know. Find one. But I but I found one. We found one. Yeah. Right. And the only cost was in our certifications and our licenses and stuff, which, by the way, if you're paying for a college education, you're paying for the same damn thing. So <laughs> don't be don't be thinking like, yeah. oh, that's dumb. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. Right. Like, yeah, that's interesting. Man. You know, and you know, we're, we're going to do an episode on that, too. We're going to do a money episode, man, because. You know, that's let's talk currency. You know what I'm saying? Because that's a that's a big topic, especially now. Um, you know, I was thinking about you know, talking about some things like debt, um, especially going especially over this COVID time, right? Like, you know, just the just the ratios of how debt debt's been affected, personal debt, all that stuff. Talk about savings, we're gonna talk about life insurance, we're gonna talk about long term care, maybe even get some input and some other um, some other professionals. Talk about tax advantages, talk about Mm -hmm. understanding, uh, taxes, how money grows, right? The, the rule of 72 compound interest and, um, you know, what that looks like. I, man, I think we're going to add a ton of value right now, um, in the next couple of episodes, because by the way, if you didn't know, that's our area of expertise. (laughs) That's Uh, it. That's it, man. You know, that's cause that's a must, man. And, and people, you know, the thing is people want to have money right people want to you know because guess what you, i mean if you don't have money you can't operate or you can but it won't you know what i'm saying i mean you really can't no you, you can't know, you can't Bro, i mean like, i mean like, what are you gonna you know, do i mean even people that don't have money on the sidewalk what are they asking for money but oh man so it's like there's you need to know how money works you know you need to, people need to progress. And if you want to improve your life and style of life, <laughs> like I said, style of life, sure. Um, you know, if you want to improve your health, right? If you want to be able to get access to, to the best type of health care, sure. Right? If you want to improve your living situation, you may want, if you want to move out of your neighborhood, if you want to move your mom out of her neighborhood, mm-hmm. then guess what? You need to have some money. Yeah, it's not everything, dude, but it's it's up there. With man. like oxygen. Man, it's 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 way, way up there. And you know what, bro? Like you know like, like maybe you don't want to improve your life. Maybe you're comfortable with where you are, and that's fine. Like there no knock on that. But even in that scenario, chances are you probably just have a job. Again, no knock on that. But if that job was taken away from you and you can't sustain and you go immediately into panic mode like mm. most people did in 2020, you should probably learn how money works. You should probably learn to use what you actually are at least, you know, bringing in 
and, 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 and how that can benefit. Maybe you don't want a mansion or you don't want to travel the world. That's fine. But you need to know how to manage what you do have, right? You think you have a responsibility to yourself to at least figure that out and not put yourself in a corner and go into panic mode and dig yourself a hole like so many people have done in in our country. And I just think the system's broken, bro. Like I you, you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like this the system is broken when it comes to understanding these things and uh, and and we need to educate more people. People need to learn this stuff. It's it's abs- it's not it's not a it's not a a want anymore like it's a necessity here's the bottom line like you kind of alluded to at the beginning we're going to use money for the rest of our lives when you're going to learn how it works mm-hmm. you might as well figure it out when you learn uh, and it's also learning how to generate money on your own yeah i think it's important learning how to generate money on so even if you do have a job you know how to go get money yourself you have you have to know your skill sets learning skills about yourself so you know i could go get money even if i didn't have i could go get money mm-hmm. like i could go get some money if i, if I don't want to go get, i could go get it legally morally and ethically by the way <laughs> you know what i'm saying because yeah. i could get money too <laughs> But it's, ha- but it's having just, you know, people get so comfortable, you know what I'm saying? And they're like, oh, well, cool. I could just show up and they're just going to give me some money. But it's like, think about, like, because I had this thought too. So when I used to work, I used to work at a telecommunications company, right? Sales and then beyond, right? And managing all that. So I used to think, man, I'm, se- I'm selling this for this. How much are they making? I used to just think that how much is the company made? Cause I know, cause I know what I got paid. And I used to feel good about what I got paid. And I was like, man, boom, like, shoot, you know, I may like have her like whatever thousands of dollars it was. I'd say it was $5,000 for the month or something like that, or 4,000 or whatever. And I was like, man, it was more money than I seen, you know, in my life, you know, no, no, no expenses. <laughs> I was like, oh shoot, this is fire. And then I did the math on how much was being generated. So I was gen- just me in one month was generating probably 40 to $50,000 of recurring revenue, mm-hmm. recurring, uh, recurring revenue for, for the, for the business. And I was getting paid once 4,000 bucks and I'm generating 40, 50,000 of recurring revenue. Oh, you mean you don't get paid residual as an employee? Man, it was crazy. I was like, yo, this is, this is nuts. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, this is this is crazy. So then I was like, man, this is this is this is insane. And I started doing the math and I was like, okay, well, guess what? I need to be focusing in, in an area where I can be getting paid recurring revenue, where I can build a recurring revenue stream. It's not enough for me to just get paid one time, man. No matter how much it is, you know, it's great to get paid a lot, you know, to get paid one time, but guess what? You know, that's the that's the whole a lot of people fall into. So guess what? If you're only getting paid one time for the work that you're doing, then guess what? You only got paid the one time. So guess you're, you're unemployed the next you're You're unemployed again the next day. You're unemployed the next month. So getting recurring revenue is a big deal. But um, but that's that's what it made me think. It, that was that was like one of my first instances of being an employee and knowing I'm a freaking employee. Dang. 
Bro, I did that when I was managing the restaurant, and I even made a mistake. Dude, salary sucks. Let me just say that. Oh, um, salary. Salary and slavery are very, very closely. <laughs> they, bro, they almost sound the same. I made the mistake because the restaurant I worked at, man, we generated over three over three million dollars a year, probably close to four million dollars a year in money generated.